Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. When I got to interview Kobe Bryant, a fellow Philadelphia area product, it was a long time ago, like 1995, maybe early 96, prior to him becoming an NBA player. Our next guest, Rick Bennell, who under all circumstances is one of our favorites on the NBA, on the Charlotte Hornets. He actually was kind enough to join us live from Paris, France, last week where the Hornets played the Milwaukee Bucks. Now we'll get his reflections, of course, on Kobe Bryant. Rick once asked Kobe point blank, what would have happened back in 1996 if Vlade Divac of the Lakers had just followed through on his threat to retire? And you can find this full article now at charlotteobserver.com. But Kobe gave Rick Pinnell an answer that included, I would be a Charlotte Hornet. Rick, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I'm sorry it's under sad circumstances, but uh, what else can you tell us about that what-if aspect of this story? Because I know in your article, Bob Bass, the former Hornets GM, says he would have just kept Kobe if Vlade had retired. Wouldn't that have been interesting for our North Carolina sports culture? But Kobe's agent, Arm Tellum, in the same article, says there was never any scenario where Kobe would have ended up in a Hornets uniform. How do you uh, splice the truth all these years later? Well, I absolutely agree um, that if Kobe had ended up a Hornet, the only way that could have happened is if, in fact, Vladi had gone through on his initial threat to retire rather than change teams. And uh, that would have created an interesting situation. I will tell you, this is a long time ago. I have a phone with Arn after talking to Bob that Saturday morning um, after the draft. And I told Arn what Bob said. I cannot repeat the exact words on the radio. <laughs> that Arn said. But it, yeah. was, but it was effectively... Kobe, there is no way in the world that Kobe is ever going to be a Hornet. Um, I cannot tell you how intricate the plotting and planning was between Arn Tellum and Jerry West to make sure that this happened. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll tell you a little story behind the story. Yeah. A week before the draft, I was at a workout down in Fort Mill where the Hornets used to have the training facility. And um, after a workout, Bob walked up to me and said, what do you know about what's going on with this Arn Tellum stuff? And I said, you mean about the, the kid from, from Philly? And he said, yeah, something weird's going on. Because Kobe had shut down all of his workouts. Yeah. And it was really funny that I got word the morning of the draft that this was coming down, that they were, you know, that this trade had been agreed to if, 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 if Kobe Bryant got to them. And they played dumb. Um, <laughs> they played dumb after they drafted him. And I just remember Bob walking off the dais and looking at him and winking and saying, hey, Bob, don't give me any of this BS. I know exactly what's going on. And he just kind of rolled his eyes and winked. Rick Bennell is joining us from the Charlotte Observer. Follow him on Twitter at Rick underscore Bennell. Find his work, including on all this Kobe Bryant stuff, charlotteobserver.com. For those still trying to connect the dots, then Lakers GM Jerry West had already seen everything he wanted to see in Kobe's private workouts. Kobe likes the greatest workout in the history of his career. That's okay. Kobe's and his people say we're just shutting down our workouts. The Hornets, Rick, were not told until how close to their actual pick that they had to make the pick Kobe Bryant because the Lakers kept a secret until what an hour before. Well, no. There's a the NBA has a rule that once after like two o'clock in the afternoon on draft day, you can't announce trades until after the end of the first round. So they technically had to draft him as opposed to 
um, formally trade, trading the pick before it was executed. Um, you know, David, the weirdest thing about this, and you know, this is a this is a great, great iconic player who just passed away. So I don't want to get. I mean, I, I don't want to get off on an ugly tangent here. But one thing that I thought was found really weird: Kobe continuously said that the Hornets didn't want him, which couldn't have been further from the truth. That was this, this was not at all about the Hornets getting rid of his draft rights. This is all about Jerry West. Yeah. Um, obsession yes. with making this happen. So I always thought it was really weird that after the fact, Kobe sort of fabricated this idea that he'd been tossed away by the Hornets. There, it was, it, there was no truth to that. It's interesting. A lot of exceptional people do manufacture... Fabricate insults. They really do. And maybe that's just another example. And I agree, that's kind of a trivial thing given the weight of everything we're discussing. But I'm glad you mentioned it anyway. Because, you know, whatever the truth is certainly should be reflected that way as we contemplate all of these details. Uh, We've asked our statewide audience today how they will choose to remember Kobe Bryant. And there's some personal answers. There are professional answers. Um, I'll pose that same thing to you because when I think of Michael Jordan, who's still my greatest of all time, I think of six NBA titles in his case, but I also think of all those all-star games, all those all-NBA teams. I think of longevity uh, and durability. And Kobe Bryant had five NBA titles, 18 all-star games, and like Michael, was, you know, all defense almost every year, uh, along with being one of the greatest scorers in the history of the NBA. So uh, open platform, how will you remember Kobe as the player or to the degree that you want to elaborate Kobe as the person? The person I would more compare him to than anyone else in modern sports history is Tom Brady in the sense that I think of him as an obsessive perfectionist. Yeah. Um, He would get – he was incredulous when – teammates um, did not aspire to be the best they could be. Dwight Dwight Howard made him crazy that way. There's a story that Jay Triano, um, you know, used to be the head coach of the Raptors, the lead lead assistant here. He told a wonderful story at practice about how when he was coaching the select team for the redeem team, um, one day Kobe walked on a bus and asked Jay what he did last night. He said, well, I know this is going to sound crazy, but, I was looking at film of Uruguay because you guys are going to have to play him in the, in the qualifying tournament. And I need, you know, I felt like I needed already to start studying that. And Colby spontaneously rattled off to Jay, the three best players wow. of the Uruguayan national. Wow. Team. Wow. And Jay just looked at him wide eyed and said, why do you know that? <laughs> and Colby looked at him and said, because just as you said, we have to play them. That's how obsessed Cody was. Kobe was with anything conceivably down the road that he would need to have as an edge, even in what would inevitably be, you know, what, a fifth, probably a 50-point blowout over Uruguay. Unbelievable stuff. Really good stuff from Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer and charlotteobserver.com. Uh, his work ethic, his passion, his longevity, his durability, and also his worldwide impact – have been among the things reflected on today. I mean, you probably saw a lot of this. Pro Bowl fans started chanting Kobe, Kobe at a football game. Uh, You know, politicians and presidents of other countries 
were, were tweeting about Kobe yesterday. Uh, large crowds gathered all over uh, Los Angeles, including outside uh, the Staples Center. You know a lot of the modern NBA players. What did you make of their gestures? Because from the, t the intentional 24-second violations in honor of number 24, of course, to, you know, sometimes just teary-eyed tributes, uh, it felt like they reacted to, to shocking, horrible news in a lot of admirable ways. Um, I know it won't surprise you that Marvin Williams sounded yeah. like the wisest person at Hornets practice. Yeah. He said two things that I thought were incredibly cool. Um, first of all, he said that, you know, he said you have to appreciate Kobe's devotion to his craft. But more importantly, and he answered this, he didn't, this wasn't even a response to a question. He interjected this, and I'm glad he did. You know, Marvin is a doting parent to two little girls. And he said, let's keep in mind that what the, the, the effect of yesterday was he has three. He lost one of his girls in that accident, and the other three are going to grow up without a father. Yeah. And he said, and maybe that's what we should be thinking about more than anything else about the tragedy of yesterday. There's no doubt about it. It's the first thing I thought about as a father of, in my case, a 17-year-old girl, just uh, tragic human details in, in amidst this celebration of one of the great basketball players of all time. I saw that Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, came forward and said nobody will ever wear, I think he said, number 24 for the Mavericks again. Uh, you know, that's going beyond your own Lakers neighborhood, right? I mean, that, there's there's got to be a next level of respect for uh, somebody like Cuban to do that. Um, you know, David, I, I think everybody is – the only thing that I can compare it to in this state, and I'm curious if you had this flashback, the day that Dale Earnhardt died. Um, and and, and that, that in its own way was – seemed worse because it happened before our very eyes in real time while he was performing. Um, that is the only thing I can think of that just made time stop for a few hours. I had a, you know that my son um, works up in Boone, and I, I was so taken aback yesterday that when I got done writing, I sent, sent him a text that said, you know, all I can think about is that this is a, a horrible reminder that tomorrow isn't a given. Yeah. And I said, I said, Jack, I love you so much. And he sent me back a, a text that said, I've had the exact same thought and I love you just as much. That yeah. made me cry. Yeah, I get it, man. I had a similar exchange with my son who's at college at ECU and, uh, you know, face to face with my 17 year old daughter, just uh, crazy stuff. I happened to be at dinner with one of my best friends in the world. I've known him since I was 10 years old growing up in Philly. He was visiting me and, and his son, who's a Wake Forest student, and we went from smiles and giggles and goofing around at this dinner after watching uh, UVA play Wake Forest in Winston-Salem to just table by table seeing waves of people whispering about the Kobe Bryant news and people crying and people hugging, and, and, and it was a crazy scene, as you just described for yourself uh, personally, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer is joining us here on the David Glenn Show. Uh, anything else you want to add about Kobe that I have not uh, asked you about so far? Um, yeah, um, Nick Batum told me that the literally the first NBA game he ever played for the Portland Trailblazers, he had to guard Kobe. Hmm. And I said, he, he was talking about how Kobe was ravenous 
in the way that he has never seen anybody else that determined. And I said, well, I said, describe this. And he said, an absolute killer. He said he would, he said, there are a lot of people who, you know, when they're on a roll can score 30 points on you and you don't, you don't feel good about, you know, having, having that happen to you. But he said, Kobe was entirely different. He, he was totally capable in any day of simply humiliating you on a level that no one else had had either the ability or the hunger to just devastate you to that degree. I don't know if you walk around with like a best five players ever in your back pocket, but when I think of like my childhood, the names are Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and I wasn't around for Bill Russell and some of the other greats. But in terms of bulk of their careers in the 21st century, I think of Kobe first. I think of Timmy Duncan second. I think of LeBron still active and some of, you know, Steph and KD and some others. Uh, how does Kobe? Mar- Marvin Williams today said that, no, but that, that nobody will ever come closer to Michael Jordan than Kobe yeah. ever. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, you couldn't build a ten-man All NBA All Time team without Kobe, right? Oh, absolutely not. No. Um, I, you know, by the way, the, the only person that you didn't mention, and I know this is ancient history, but I honestly think that he would translate it to, to today's NBA game. Is I, Will was such an outsized figure for his time yeah. that we forget how. Yeah. ridiculously, ridiculously good he was basketball. Yeah, I take others' word for those that I didn't see, like Wilt and Bill Russell and Bob Cousy and some of those other legends. So, uh, yeah, it all depends on your parameters, I guess. But regardless of the parameters, Kobe is one of the greatest of all time and uh, just horrible news over the weekend. Thank you, as always, for your wisdom and perspective, man. Uh, appreciate the extra effort award from Paris last week and uh, through some difficult circumstances on your visit today. Thanks very much. Bonsoir, mes amis. Oh, well done. Look at that. I can always count on him. He is one of my favorite. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer and charlotteobserver.com. I can picture him texting his son, man, through tears. I I just can. Uh, You know, those of you who don't have children, you can imagine it. Those of you who have or do, you get it. I mean, way, way beyond basketball. And I'm, I'm in favor of celebrating Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, in as many ways as we have with your calls. You can chime in on the other side if you like. I'm in favor of all that. I do believe he had a lot of admirable qualities as a, uh, a fascinating yet also clearly flawed person who made some pretty big mistakes in his personal life at times, but also was an incredible contributor to the community uh, and and mentor to younger people at other times in his personal life, basketball players included. The the fact that his 17-year-old daughter and his two youngest daughters, three years old and seven months old, uh, either will never get to really know him or, in the case of the 17-year-old, will have only those memories to cling to, that's just the saddest part of this story that, uh, you know, none of us – Clint can claim to have all the answers to that part. Life often fails the fairness test, and this is one of those times. On to your calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. We have been taking best and worst of the weekend votes, and they're all over the place, from the Australian Open in tennis to the golf world to college basketball, the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, the NHL All-Star Game, and more. You can chime in on the Kobe Bryant. It's not a question of the day. 
We're asking you to finish a sentence. I will choose to remember Kobe as dot, dot, dot. He was certainly an elite scorer. He was certainly an elite defender. He was one of the great winners in the history of sports. He was known for his longevity and his durability. He was known for his work ethic and his passion. Passionate pursuit of greatness is something we should all value, and he certainly symbolized that. He was known for his worldwide impact. A lot of American athletes, even prominent ones, don't quite extend their reach that far. Kobe Bryant did, as you can see from the reaction truly of the world to his death yesterday at the age of 41. Lines are open on the other side. We'll also get into, with your questions or comments, and of course my own, UNC is at NC State tonight in college basketball. There was a time decades ago that that was the number one college hoops rivalry in the whole country, not just our backyard. You ask some of the old-timers what it was like when Dean Smith and the Tar Heels took on Norm Sloan and the Wolfpack in the early 70s when both were regularly competing for national titles. And remember, the Wolfpack with David Thompson and Tommy Burleson and those guys got one in 1974. The Tar Heels got a couple later under Dean Smith. Obviously, the same magic does not surround that rivalry tonight. UNC at NC State, the Tar Heels coming off of a rare win over Miami, the Wolfpack coming off a disappointing loss at Georgia Tech. Your questions and comments are welcome there as well. 1-800-849-2761. The Hokies of Virginia Tech and the Wolfpack were bubble team losers this weekend. UVA, in the game I saw out at Wake Forest, and Syracuse were bubble teams that won this weekend, although not always with distinction. Number one Baylor went to Florida and got an impressive victory over the Gators. San Diego State still has not lost a game. They are number four in the national rankings. Florida State held on to beat Notre Dame this weekend. The Seminoles have their highest national ranking since 1972. More Kobe Bryant, more college basketball, more best and worst of the weekend. You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. On my way into the arena, I thought of Bill Gallo, the uh, legendary sports cartoonist. When Thurman Munson passed away, the next day he had an unbelievably touching cartoon. The cartoon read, Baseman Perth is saying, no, yucky, I just don't feel like playing ball today. And that's the way I think a lot of us feel here tonight. Just don't feel like broadcasting. I know a lot of players, <clears throat> excuse me, don't feel like playing. It's just a sad, sad day. A sad, sad day indeed. That was Mike Breen of ABC and ESPN. The NBA did go forward with games yesterday, even after learning about the helicopter crash and the deaths of, among others, 41-year-old Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, the second of his four daughters with his wife, Vanessa. We're asking you to complete a sentence today, or you can chime in on UNC at NC State. Cast your ballot for best or worst of the weekend. I will choose to remember Kobe Bryant as 
dot, dot, dot. I have given you about a dozen things to contemplate on and off the court after following him since he was a teenager and even interviewing him as a prep star at Lower Marion High School in Ardmore, PA, near Philadelphia, my hometown as well. You can jump in with whatever the best or worst of the weekend you saw in the sports world. Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes, Justin Herbert of the Oregon Ducks at the Senior Bowl, Lamar Jackson of the Ravens at the Pro Bowl. I did not watch a lot of the All-Star games this weekend, but I did see some college basketball, and of course, we'll all be watching tonight around here as the Tar Heels travel to Raleigh to take on NC State. Steve is Steve in Burlington is next up on Kobe Bryant. Among your other leading vote-getters, by the way, all over the sports world, until we saw the tragic news and much of today's show, as you might expect, has been about the passing of Kobe Bryant and how we're all choosing to remember him or in many cases celebrate him it was actually a great NBA weekend prior to that tragedy Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Hornets falling to the Bucks in Paris France Giannis building his MVP caliber resume LeBron James with of all things a milestone past that involved Kobe Bryant the day before Kobe dies it was LeBron passing him in a game in home in Kobe's hometown of Philadelphia on Saturday now LeBron is the number three all-time scorer in NBA history Kobe Bryant's final tweet was essentially a congratulations of fellow Lake to fellow Laker LeBron James now Kobe rests at number four LeBron at number three and counting Zion Williamson had a double double made his debut a week ago as an NBA regular season player. New Orleans Pelicans' number one overall pick had a double-double as the Pelicans beat the Celtics. That is the first win that Zion has been a part of, and he was a big part of it this weekend. A lot of guys had Kobe Bryant tributes yesterday, including Trey Young of the Hawks, 45 points after wearing Kobe's number in his honor. Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers, Damian Lillard had 50 as the Blazers beat the Pacers this weekend, a whole bunch of others, some in honor of the late Kobe Bryant. 1-800-849-2761. We will take your Tar Heel Wolfpack questions and comments as well since that game is on tap tonight. In college hoops, it was the Pack and Virginia Tech taking steps back as bubble teams who lost on the road to lesser opponents. Virginia Tech at Boston College, Georgia Tech NC State, a closer matchup. But now the Yellow Jackets have two wins over the Wolfpack. So Georgia Tech can't even go to the postseason unless they win a long-shot appeal to the NCAA of their postseason ban this year. They're not even allowed to play in the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament or any other tournament. The Wolfpack, of course, is dying to get there. And now they're 0-2 head-to-head against the Yellow Jackets, including this, clo this weekend's close loss in Atlanta. Meanwhile, UVA and Syracuse, one as bubble teams this weekend. Baylor at Florida, San Diego State getting to now 21-0 with a win at UNLV. San Diego State is the only unbeaten team out of 353 in Division I men's basketball. They were at number four in the polls last week. Speaking of the top five, Florida State held off Notre Dame. Fighting Irish coach Mike Bray got fined by the ACC office for his not, not for his short press conference, but for his words, criticism, and criticism of the officials in that loss to the Seminoles. We're in the League Two. We're in the League Two, he said as he walked away from the press conference. Thomas Woldentense lifted Virginia with a career-high 21 points, seven three-pointers 
a really quiet complimentary guy for Tony Bennett and UVA for most of this year. The Cavs theme has been Kihei Clark needs help at guard. It's kind of like the Tar Heels nightmare at guard without Cole Anthony. Kihei Clark is a nice point guard. Cole Anthony, of course, went healthy as an elite point guard. They just hadn't gotten enough help in the backcourt for even while Cole Anthony was healthy for a stretch. Now, Kihei Clark has at least one other guy who played a big game at Wake Forest as the Cavaliers won in overtime. I was there to see that one. Great to see a lot of listeners out at the Joel in Winston-Salem. Syracuse beat Pitt this weekend, 69-61. Jim, Jim Beheim actually has the orange in contention for at least NCAA tournament consideration. The big three of Florida State, Louisville, and Duke, we all know, are fighting for high seeds. Everybody else is fighting just to get in. And of the four teams that we're watching most closely in that regard, UVA and Syracuse took steps forward this weekend from that middle tier in the ACC. Virginia Tech losing at BC. NC State losing at Georgia Tech took steps backward. 1-800-849-2761. Matt is in Raleigh. Steve is in Apex. Let's go to Matt. You're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how are you, DG? All right, man. How you doing? Hanging in there. First and foremost, um, you know, as you know, I'm a dad of an almost three-year-old little girl and spent time with my uh, daughter yesterday and just the overwhelming joy on her face when we were spending time together with her mom and just bonding as a family is, is really incredible as always, and I definitely want to hold that even closer now with everything going on. Um, moving on with uh, with Kobe, a couple of things I'll remember from Kobe um, that the question you asked, he's a humanitarian, he's a hero, and he's, he's just an icon in, in all-around aspects, whether it's on the court, off the court, Whatever he's done in life, no matter with family, whatever, he will be remembered to me as a hero. I was not a big Laker fan, but I admired what the man did for the world. Hey, man, passionate pursuit of greatness on and off the court. He was a flawed person in some ways, but I, I share your admiration for him as a guy who just said, okay, is not going to be good enough and persevered through a tough rookie season in the NBA, persevered through, through family problems, persevered through some of his biggest mistakes off the court, and came around to apologize for them, learn from them, become a better man because of them. Some guys are defiant when they're at their worst. They don't want to learn. They don't even want to admit their mistakes. I think at his worst moments, Kobe Bryant was able to do that, and certainly on the court. I mean, they just don't come much better. If you want to celebrate the passionate pursuit of greatness, and y'all know I'm in favor of that, as we go to Stephen Apex, I've always believed whether if you have a minister who gives a great sermon some Sunday, celebrate that moment of greatness. If there's a great scientist or you have a good relationship with your personal physician or whatever, celebrate greatness in all of its forms, large and small. Kobe Bryant's work ethic Kobe Bryant's passion for the sport of basketball and Kobe Bryant's passionate pursuit of greatness are all worthy of admiration, even if there are other things that were also real that turned you off in the moment or even for longer than that. The passionate pursuit of greatness in most cases is a beautiful thing. And Kobe Bryant absolutely positively symbolized that and I think personified it down to the fiber of his being. Steve, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Uh, just sad, Dave. So sad. Sad is uh, a good word. 
I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell you, try to break it down best I can. Um, I'm, I'm I, I will never one minute, and I like the way you explained it, everybody. I'm not gonna spend one second, millisecond on ex- finding bad parts of people because me, you, and everybody that walks this planet Earth got something negative in some True. Point. We might not even recognize it. But, you know, I'm just going to remember all the great things he done. And and the thing that kind of touched me more than anything, because I didn't know his daughter was involved, was when he had a, a little interview. You probably remember this. It, it said something about when was he having a boy that, you know, kind of move on his legacy like LeBron or something. And his daughter said, no, you know, I, I can do that. You know, and I heard him say, you know, when he said that and he kind of smiled, I didn't just think that she was on there with him because she traveled with him. It, that right there even hit double him. I, I couldn't even enjoy any sports yesterday, Dave. I'm just listening to you and kind of I hear you, man. mind back on the right track. That's I don't I know if you've seen the video of him, you know, just enjoying an NBA game with her, Gigi, on the sidelines. But, uh, man, that'll break your heart. I mean, you, you don't. it doesn't have to be father-daughter love. It can be any other form of love or, you know, a strong relationship. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't put you in the mood to watch any sports or enjoy any sports. I was right there with you. I had just walked out of a sporting event watching UVA beat Wake Forest in overtime which was not the prettiest sight to behold, by the way. Uh, but good win for the Cavaliers. Great effort by the shorthanded Demon Deacons. But you go from, in my case, you know, celebrating a meal with uh, one of my best friends in the world, a guy I've known since I was 10 years old. I mean, what's better than that? What's better than celebrating with your favorite people? And Kobe Bryant's on his way to a basketball game with his daughter. And, you know, most of us drive, and you can have an accident that way. He sometimes took a helicopter, and that helicopter crashed with nine total people on board. So there's a whole lot of folks grieving today. And I think, Steve, your uh, losing taste for wanting to watch sports was shared by a whole lot of Americans and people around the world yesterday and even today. With that, we move forward. We'll take more of your calls on the other side. We do have the Tar Heels visiting the Wolfpack tonight. It is an important college basketball game. Oddly enough, NC State, in a large sense, needs the win more than the Tar Heels do. Carolina is fighting just to avoid a losing record. Roy Williams has never been associated with one of those in a career that, counting his times as an assistant to Dean Smith, dates all the way to the 1970s. He has never been part of a team with a losing records with a losing record as a college coach. Now, right now, the Tar Heels still have a losing record after beating Miami this weekend. The Wolfpack has a winning record. Last I saw, the bracketologists have them right on the bubble, on the right side of the bubble heading into the weekend. Maybe they're even closer to that bubble now. State and Carolina obviously play each other twice every year at least, and this is the first of the two. It is in Raleigh. Roy Williams has an absolutely dominating career record head-to-head against the Wolfpack, but this time Kevin Keats actually has the better roster, assuming that Cole Anthony, who, remember, has been missing more than five weeks since his knee surgery, has not been fully practicing, has just slowly gotten back into the groove, not expected to play tonight, although last I saw there was no official announcement. Sometimes, as you'll see, hours before a game. No no Cole Anthony update. With him, I think the Tar Heels are still a solid basketball team. Without him, they were good against Miami, but they have not been very good overall. It is the Tar Heels at the Wolfpack in your ESPN national game at 7 o'clock. Again, Kevin Keats does have one win 
in his four attempts against the Tar Heels as the leader of the pack. Your questions and comments on the other side on that matchup and other college basketball. Your answer to our complete the sentence request, I will choose to remember Kobe Bryant as dot, 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 elite scorer, elite defender, elite winner. His longevity, his durability, his work ethic, his passionate pursuit of greatness, his worldwide impact among those being celebrated today. 1-800-849-2761. It's a last call for phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is the last call for phone calls. I will choose to remember Kobe Bryant as dot, dot, dot. I've given you about a dozen of my own personal reflections on that. You can chime in with yours right now at 1-800-849-2761. Tar Heels visit the Wolfpack tonight, 7 o'clock ESPN College Basketball. The Pack, coming off a loss at Georgia Tech and being swept by the Yellow Jackets, needs to get back into the win column because their future may involve the NCAA tournament. The Tar Heels have dug themselves such a big hole without Cole Anthony. That is that is that is a much tougher hill to climb. You can jump in on Wolfpack Tar Heels at 1-800-849-2761. Again, Roy Williams, 35-4 and in his career as a head coach, head-to-head against the NC State program that he grew up disliking as a young guy in the mountains of North Carolina. 1-800-849-2761. One thing I promised, and then your last best or worst of the weekend, your last reflection of the day, at least, on the passing of Kobe Bryant yesterday. Did you know that something huge happened in the National Football League 20 years ago today, although it was met with little fanfare at the time? As we come to your last round of phone calls, 1-800-849-2761, 20 years ago today was the hiring of Bill Belichick by the New England Patriots. Why was there relatively little fanfare? Well, remember, he had been a failed head coach at that point. He had been a head coach with a reversal. Remember, he was supposed to be the head coach of the New York Jets. And yes, it was covered but was not covered in a way 20 years ago today that you'd think for a coach who turned out to be the greatest of all time. President Bill Clinton had just delivered his final State of the Union address the night before Belichick was hired by the Patriots. Again, January 27th, the year 2000. The news barely made the front page of the next day's Boston Globe which is the newspaper of record up in that part of the country. Jackie McMullen, Bob Ryan, how many of our guests have Boston Globe backgrounds? So there's the Bill Clinton story. There was one about Al Gore. I don't know if he was inventing the Internet at that point or vying with Bill Bradley for the next Democratic nomination. There were stories about Boston hospitals and deferred payments from insurance companies. There was an obituary for a local Boston political figure. And somewhere near the bottom of page one of the Boston Globe was Patriots make peace and get their man. That was in a reference to the Patriots trade with Bill Parcells and the New York Jets. There was three weeks of wrangling 
remember that Belichick was going to be the Jets head coach, then the reversal, three weeks of wrangling, and then the trade made it possible. Belichick's brief tenure, which involved no games with the New York Jets, was pulled the, they pulled the plug on that, and then eventually on January 27th of the year 2000, it did become official. Bill Belichick, 20 years ago today, introduced as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Guy is in Wake Forest, and next on the David Glenn Show, you can follow by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Guy, welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend, and a tribute of sorts to that Kobe Bryant guy. Go right ahead. Kobe was the smoothest basketball player I ever saw. He made it look very easy, and that's got to take a lot of talent. No doubt, and a lot of hard work, man. I'd say Kobe was smooth. In terms of just being an assassin from the perimeter, Michael Jordan was the guy I grew up with who fit that description best, and Kobe Bryant is the best that I have seen since who fit that description. I mean, you got Steph Curry as a three-point sharpshooter nowadays. You had Larry Bird back in the day who was an offensive juggernaut in his own way. Magic Johnson was a distributor, et cetera. You know, Wilt Chamberlain, before I was really old enough to understand, was the 100 points in a game guy, but he was seven feet tall, right? You know, there's, a, there's kind of a different measuring stick for those who can truly dominate as true big men. Kobe Bryant was listed as 6'6". I think he said he was really 6'5". So more like Michael Jordan, you got to figure out a way to sometimes hit your threes, but sometimes venture among the trees and often dunk over guys who have a half foot in height or length on you. Kobe Bryant did that sort of stuff from the wing as that assassin-type offensive player, and you're right. He did it looking really, really smooth most of the time along the way. I won't get past whenever these all-time debates come up. I don't know if you would describe – Magic Johnson or Larry Bird as elite defenders. I don't mean that they were bad defenders. They were not. But those guys are candidates for the all-time greatest players in the history of the game, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was sometimes criticized for his defense, but would you know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually had just as many all-defense selections as Kobe Bryant did? Hard for those to remember who would, you know, picture him in the movie Airplane being criticized by a little kid's dad for not getting up and down the court and taking defense seriously enough. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a 12-time all-defense guy in addition to being one of the greatest scorers, obviously, with the skyhook and everything else. Kobe Bryant is a lot like Michael Jordan beyond stylistically. They're two of the greatest scorers in the history of the NBA, but... They're two of the greatest defenders in the history of the NBA. How many guys are elite scorers and just figure, well, that's going to be how I make a name for myself? I don't have to be one of the best in the world defensively because I'm one of the best in the world offensively. Now, some guys may not have the ability to dominate at both ends, but some guys might just not care enough. And I think Rick Pinnell was right with his Tom Brady comparison. Kobe Bryant was borderline insane with his intensity, with his attention to detail, with his passion for greatness and his passion for winning, he put in his own time work ethic-wise, and he demanded that of everybody around him. If you get complacent, you don't become one of the greatest scorers in NBA history and one of the greatest defenders in NBA history. Only Tim Duncan made more NBA all-defensive teams than Kobe Bryant in the history of the NBA. 
Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those are the guys among the guys who are among the greatest scorers of all time, who also just by all defense awards as one measuring stick, your eyeball test is another, also rank among the best in history at the other end of the floor. That's not something you see very often in every sport, and yet that's exactly what you saw with Kobe Bryant over his 20-year career, which actually ended only four years ago, and now he has passed away at the age of 41. We will have some final thoughts and TV picks on the other side. I will sprinkle in, of course, some thoughts on tonight's Tar Heel Wolfpack matchup, 7 o'clock ESPN. That is among your sports TV menu options as we glance forward and as we remember and celebrate the life and times of Kobe Bryant. That's as we come down the stretch next on The David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, <laughs> not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Appreciate everybody's thoughts on the Kobe Bryant story of the day. More on that, I'm sure, on tomorrow's program and moving forward. TV picks tonight include one obvious thing, Tar Heels at Wolfpack, 7 o'clock ESPN. Maybe some less obvious things, including the Australian Open in tennis, is at the quarterfinal stage. Best of the weekend style, shout out to American Tennis Sandgren. He's in the final eight. That's pretty cool, farthest he's ever been in a Grand Slam. He does have to deal with Roger Federer next. That may be an insurmountable obstacle. We'll see. Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, the three goats of men's tennis, are all still standing in the quarterfinals. Shout out to 21-year-old American woman, Sonia Kennan. She's in alive and kicking in the round of eight. She is also in the midst of her greatest Grand Slam performance in her still young career. When it comes to the Tar Heels against the Wolfpack, again, 7 o'clock ESPN, Australian Open is the tennis channel at 7, and then ESPN2 picks up coverage around 9. Other college basketball, also Rockets Jazz in the NBA. UConn's women take on the U.S. women's national team tonight in women's hoops. It's ES, uh, 7 o'clock ESPN2. Tar Heels Wolfpack, I think State is the better team this year, and Carolina has really been bad on the road. They beat UNC Wilmington way back, the Heels did, on the road, true road game, to start the season. The Seahawks have not had a very good year. They have lost all four true road games since. The Wolfpack needs to bounce back from that loss at Georgia Tech. The Heels' road trips have included a convincing loss at UVA, a double-digit loss at Gonzaga, more recently a double-digit loss at Pitt, and then that double overtime defeat at Virginia Tech. That was only less than a week ago. If State has C.J. Bryce looking like himself again, and Markel Johnson's been on a roll, and D.J. Funderburk inside, obviously there are missing pieces on both sides. Manny Bates has been out for the pack. Cole Anthony famously for the Tar Heels. I wish they were all on the court. They will not be tonight, but that is your 7 o'clock matchup. The resumption of a long, a great rivalry from long ago. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show.
Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.